Welcome to Central Assembly of God's podcast. We pray this message speaks to you. Good morning. Babby Mason is with us today. Amen. This is a rare and wonderful opportunity for us. And if you don't know who Babby Mason is, you will soon become acquainted with her this morning. Kurt shared earlier with her smaller list of accomplishments, but she is a Dove Award winner. And in the Christian sector, that is the equivalent of a Grammy. This artist has not one, but two Dove Awards and a Grammy nomination. She sings, she writes music and books. She speaks and ministers to both men, but especially to women. She hosts nights of worship, schools young aspiring musicians how to get it right. The, in, in the Christian, she is in the Christian Music Hall of Fame, and she has a family too. Yes, she's a mom, she is a grandma, she's a wife, and she's a real person. She has a fantastic sidekick. <laughs> Her supportive husband, Charles, is with us this morning. Let's welcome him as well. <laughs> he is a delight to everyone he comes in contact with. They take their ministry serious but not too serious. Take time to meet Charles today. He will make you laugh, and you will sense the joy of the Lord upon his heart. Babby was the daughter of a preacher. She was loved by her mama. She was raised in the church, and because she knew how to play the piano at a young age, she was called upon to minister in that capacity from the ripe age of nine. What I love about her life is that she has held her head and her heart in humility before the Lord, and it is reflective in her music. When I was a young preteen and teen, I first heard her songs and was drawn in by the richness of her lyrics. Way back when, in this church, when someone sang for the offertory each week, kind of like what was karaoke, do you remember that, for those of you <laughs> who were around? You used to go to Gospel Treasures and the Washington Mall And then it moved to the Franklin Mall, and you would buy a tape. Remember a tape, like one of those things you put in your boom box and shut the little thing and pushed play? And on one side, you would listen to the Christian artist sing the song, then you would flip it over, and that would just be the accompaniment track. And you would sing really nervous, and your knees would knock on on the platform, and you would try to sing their song. Well, I would often reach for Babby's music because of the richness of her lyrics. Oftentimes, my father and I would duet her songs, but man, Babby and I, we would sing it loud in my bedroom at my, in my house. I would sing her songs so much that the tape would get so warped that I would have to learn how to harmonize with her because of the warping. <laughs> About two years ago, Babby um, was a guest at one of our district-level women's conferences. And our worship team was asked to sing um, for that conference. And I was supposed to go and sing along with Adam and the team, but something came up with our family and I wasn't able to go. Well, this forged a friendship between Pastor Adam and Babby. And that day, Pastor Adam posted a picture on Facebook of his newfound friend. Well, I had to set this man straight because 
I had to let him know that Babby and I had been friends long before Pastor Adam and he had become acquainted. I was singing Babby's stuff while he was still in the nursery. (laughs) But I have been kind enough to share her with him. Our ladies' community life groups have uh, just finished studying her This I Know For Sure curriculum this past fall. And it was just a beautiful time of study. And it has been our prayer to have her join us for this year's Ladies' Christmas Gala. And she's coming tonight. We are so excited. I would kindly ask you to check your cell phones at this time and please turn them off or to silence so we don't disrupt her time of ministry. And it is my distinct honor to welcome this morning our special guest, Babby Mason. Be blessed as she comes to minister today. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Will you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning?
Somebody tell me who would have thought this time 
Jesus is his name. Tell me what did they call him? Some people call him the Lion of Judah, but I call him Jesus. Jesus is his name, his name. King Jesus is his name. I want to hear you. Tell me what do you call him? King Jesus is his name. Tell me what do you call him? King Jesus is a little bit louder. Tell me what do you call him? King Jesus. Oh, tell me what do you call him? King Jesus. Sing it one more time. Tell me what do you call him? King Jesus is his name. Yeah. Anybody want to have a little church this morning? I said, does anybody want to have a little church this morning? Then come on, put your hands together like this. We'll put the words up there on the screen for you. It's called, God will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, and you will not have room enough to receive it. It goes like this. God will open, open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. God will Open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. God will open, he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And you will not have the room, not because of you, but because he's good and you church. Listen, let me tell you about the God I serve, how he keeps on blessing me, and he'd still be worthy of all my praise if he didn't do another thing. But he woke me up and he started me along my way, while how the blood is still running warm.
you today that God will open up the window. you don't have yet thank God for what you have and what you have left I know that you will find you've really been blessed oh God has been good to you do you believe that God will open he'll open the window and pour you out a blessing come on church than that. Give him all your praise. Don't hold back with your praise this morning. Give God a great big praise offering, for he alone is worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. We celebrate your name this morning, God, for you alone are worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can have your seat for a moment if you can. So happy to be here. Yeah, amen, if you can. But if you can't, just stay up on your feet. Amen. Well, my, my name is Babby, Babby Mason. Babby is my real name. People ask me that all the time. If Babby is my real name. Yes, it is. It's not Baby or Barbie or Bambi or Bobby, Baby, uh, Baby, BBCC. It's none of that. It is Babby. And I'm here with my husband, Charles, of almost 37 years. So glad to have Charles Mason in the house. Amen. And to Pastor Kurt and First Lady Sharice, we love you so much. We've just fallen in love with your pastor and First Lady. Amen. Precious, precious, precious. And their sweet little family, we've just claimed them. Auntie Babby and Uncle Charles, that's the way, that's the way it is from here on out. Amen. Auntie Babby and Uncle Charles. And to Adam, thank you, my friend. Thank you so very much for hosting me and for being... Do you love Adam? Do you love this young man? 
and his sweet little family. Such a gifted, such a, such a gifted person. And of course, I'm a big Idol fan, and so I was praying, praying for you, you know, back in American Idol days. And we just thank you for representing Jesus. Amen. Thank you for representing Jesus. Well, I thank the Lord for the privilege of being able to be with you today, and particularly upon this celebration season we call Christmas, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You know, when I was a little girl in the third grade, I got my first love letter from a little fella two rows over. And when our teacher, Mrs. Pearson, wasn't uh, watching. She had her back to the class. She was writing on the chalkboard. Remember chalkboards? Well, she was writing on the chalkboard, and when she had her back turned to the class, my little friend passed his love letter over to me. I opened it up, and this is what it said. Dear Babby, I love you. Do you love me? Yes or no? Circle one. Did you get that love letter? Mm-hmm. Maybe some, some of you wrote that love letter. Yeah, I can tell. Well, my beloved friend, this is God's love letter to you. It's called his word. And in it, he says, I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. With loving kindness, I've drawn you, according to Jeremiah 31.3. He says, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. He tells us in Isaiah 41, 10, he says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I call you by your name, and you belong to me. He tells us in the book of Romans, the eighth chapter through the apostle Paul, the last few verses, that says nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in John 3, 16, he tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He tells us in John 17, 23, as Jesus was praying, not only for the disciples, but praying for you. This was a part of his prayer. He says to the Father, I am in them, and you are in me, that they may be completely one. Then the world will know that you sent me, and that you love them just as much as you love me. Isn't that good news this morning? I came to remind you today that God loves you. He doesn't just love you on the terms like man pushes that word around like, ooh, girl, I love your hair. Ooh, girl, I love your shoes. Ooh, girl, that color looks good on you. I love that outfit on you. No, we're not talking about that kind of love. We're talking about unconditional love, sacrificial love that gives without receiving. You see, before you even loved him, he loved you. And he called you by your name and you belong to him. And so I came this morning to remind you of that great love that even before you were born, God loved you, and he knew you. Even before you loved him, he loved you, unconditionally and sacrificially. And so uh, the songs that I'll be singing for you this morning are about his love and about his light. I happen to be a preacher's daughter, grew up in Jackson, Michigan, so I'm from the north, but I um, caught that midnight train to Georgia, and uh, when I met Charles Mason, and we, live in, we lived in the Atlanta, Georgia area for uh, over 22 years and raised our family there. And when our empty nest came and we knew that our kids weren't coming back, uh, we moved to the country, and that's where we live now, in the rural part of Georgia, in West Georgia. But I'm originally from Jackson, Michigan. My husband is originally from Alabama and grew up in Florida. Um, but in my, in my house, my daddy was a great preacher and pastor. He pastored one church, 
for 40 years, the church that he was able to, um, to start. They're a little, a little um, community church, uh, but it was a, ba- a Baptist church, but in a, nestled in, a, in the east side of our little town in Jackson, Michigan. And it was there that I fell in love with the Lord, fell in love with the gospel, fell in love with the church, fell in love with the people of the church, the music of the church, uh, the, the message of the church, the mission of the church. It just got way deep down into my soul. And so it's no surprise to me that, that I would end up being a gospel singer. I wanted for a short season of time to be a Motown singer because I grew up not far from Detroit and uh, Aretha was just calling my name. But God had another plan for me, and I believe a better plan for me. For he tells us in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, you probably know this, but we need to be reminded. The Lord says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He says, call on me and I'll answer you. Search for me and you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And so I um, gave the, my heart to the Lord as an eight-year-old girl um, and began serving the Lord full-time by age nine in my daddy's church and for all the worship services, for all the choir rehearsals. Um, it just gave me years and years and years of on-the-job training for what the Lord would call me to do in these years of my life. And I, as I look back on it, I wouldn't have it any other way. I get to go around the world and I get to sing and I get to share the gospel. I get to tell my story. I get to shine my light wherever I go. And so it was upon a couple of years ago, um, back in 2013, that I um, reached my year of Jubilee what I call my year of jubilee, 50 years of walking with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now, uh, your first lady, Cherise, was about to tell on me. She's like telling like my whole age, like my whole story, you know, with the, going back to the cassette days. <laughs> and that's, all, that's good, you know, because God is faithful. I look back over my life, 32 years and going on 33 years of ministry now with no signs of stopping. And God is still faithful in my life. Just like he was faithful back in the 80s, he's, he's still faithful in approaching 2017. I still have a story. There's a lot on my assignment list. I'm not anywhere near stopping, not about to retire. Matter of fact, I'm going to sing until he calls me home. Amen. I'm going to sing until the day I leave this planet. Why? Because there is no expiration date on his plan for your life. Amen. Do you hear that this morning? Do you receive that this morning? Some of you who are in your golden years and you're wondering, well, what has God, you know, the, the plan for me has expired? No, it has not. He says, I, I have a future and a hope for you. So as long as you are on this planet, there is a plan for you, there is a future for you, and there is a hope for you. You know, I, I heard on the, on the TV the other day that... Um, uh, Somebody said, somebody very famous said that hope is dead in America. Well, I came this morning to tell you that that is not the truth. Hope is alive and well in the world, not only in America, but all over the world. And why is hope alive in America? Why is hope alive all over the world? Because Jesus is alive. He is alive and well in my life. And I can look at you and tell that he is alive and he is well in your life. 
And so he's called upon us to spread that hope. You know, if there is darkness, how do you dispel darkness? You shine a light. You shine a light. And so if there is, if there is hopelessness in your neighborhood, shine your light. If there's hopelessness on your job, shine the light. How do you do that? With love. You see, that love that God sent into the world by the name of Jesus is alive and well in me. It's alive. He's alive and well in you. So it is your assignment in the earth to spread the love of Christ. So when I reached my year of Jubilee, 50 years of walking with the Lord just a few years ago, I rededicated my, my life, my faith to the Lord, and I asked the Lord to use me to shine my light, not just on the stage uh, with sequins on, but in the drugstore, in the grocery store, at the gas station, wherever he would have me to be on my path. And do you know what? He's taking me up on it. He is taking me up on it. He, I, I now anticipate how he's going to use me when I leave home. I avail myself to him and say, God, will you use me as only you can? So I, I want to share a couple of stories with you as I progress of how the Lord is allowing me to shine my light. He's given you a gift. He's given you a talent. He's given you something very special in your world, in your walk, that you can use to shine your light for the Lord. And um, so one day, I, my husband and I were in... Um, in our car heading to Birmingham. We don't live too far from Birmingham, Alabama. And a good friend of ours had produced a movie. And um, she invited us over for the debut. And so Charles and I hopped in the car and headed to Birmingham. Just shortly before getting to the venue where the movie was going to be um, debuted, I thought, you know, I need to get her something special, a bouquet of flowers or a special gift to commemorate her accomplishments. We were not familiar with the area that we were in, but there was a Sam's Club off in the distance, and so I said to Charles, hey, pull into the Sam's Club, I'll dash in, I'll get something, and I'll be right out. So I found a clerk who could help me navigate the store, because I don't usually shop there, and within a few minutes, I had a bouquet of flowers and a card, and she walked me right back to the checkout line. It was then that she said, now you're going to need your Sam's membership club card. And I said, hey, I don't shop here, so I don't have a card. She said, well, then you'll just have to pay full price. I said, well, it is what it is, and it ain't what it ain't. I'll just pay full price. No big deal. Well, as we were talking, there was a nice lady who was stepping into the line, overhearing our conversation. She said, hey, no problem. You can use my Sam's Club card for the discount. And I said to her, well, God bless you, my sweet friend. Thank you so very much. Well, there was a lady ahead of me. Um, with a big old cart of groceries that she was checking out. So this lady and I engaged in a conversation. When I said to her, God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much. She put her hand on her hip and she said, girl, I need a blessing. She said, my grandkids have come to live with me and they're about to eat me out of house and home. <laughs> she said, I have a 13-year-old grandson and he keeps me on my knees. I then said, you know... I wasn't, singing. I wasn't singing in the Sam's Club checkout line. I was just using my gift of encouragement. And I said to her, well, then you know what, my friend? I pray then that God will open up the windows of his heaven and shower down so many blessings upon you and your family that you won't have room enough to receive them all. Well, that sweet lady was catching that blessing before I could get all the words out of my mouth. 
She just began to worship God right there in the checkout line of the Sam's Club. God, I, I received that blessing. I need that blessing. Thank you, God, for the blessing. Well, I didn't have any more sense but to start praising God with her right there in the checkout line of the Sam's Club. I said, yes, God, bestow upon my sister everything that she needs and more according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, there was a cute little blonde-headed, blue-eyed girl standing behind her in the checkout line, and she eyeballed me. And she said, can I speak with you for a moment? So I kind of tiptoed around my sister, who was still having church right there in the checkout line. And I went to the end of the line to speak with the cute little blonde-headed, blue-eyed girl. And I said to her, well, what can I do for you, precious? You see, down south, I've learned the southern way. Call them precious, sugar, sweetheart, baby. I said, what can I do for you, precious one? She said, if you don't mind, would you bless me too? (laughs) I took her by the hands and I said to her, my friend, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. And if you'll just avail your life to him, just surrender your life to the Lord. He'll help you with everything that you're facing, not only today, but for the rest of your life. And he, the Lord just put in my, my mouth, I don't know why, but the words to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 came out of my mouth. Will you, and I just encouraged her, sweetheart, just trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. I said, do you believe that? Well, by that time, tears were just welling up in her eyes. And she said, yes, I believe it. I embraced her like a sister, prayed for her right there in the checkout line. I didn't lay hands on her, slay her in the spirit, none of that. I just loved her. I just loved her. And she sensed that genuine love. Well, by that time, it was my time to check out. I paid for my flowers in the card. I bid my girlfriends a fond adieu, and I went to the, to the exit where there's a clerk checking your receipt against your purchases. I gave him my receipt, and he said, excuse me, ma'am, but before you go, if you don't mind, will you bless me too? <laughs> you see, my friend, the Bible tells us that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. You're like a city that sits upon a hill, and you're to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I love to write the songs that I sing, and this is one that I've written in recent years. It's called Love Like That. What would it mean to that single mom to get some money in the mail? Pay a visit to Mr. Jones, whose health has begun to fail, just to shine a little light. Tell him it will be all right. And what about that lonely child who's never had enough? Got a kind and encouraging word for that girl who's given up. Oh, what a difference it would make Just to bless somebody's day Teach me to love like that Tell me what to say to help my neighbor Teach me to love like that Show me what to do to make things better Maybe it's to feel a need Or blind to see Where there is a lack I want to be like you, Lord Teach me to love 
like that Maybe you still live in a pretty bouquet To that lonely little lady Or paying a bill for an out of work dad Who wonders if he'll make it Just to hear somebody out Relieve them of some fear and doubt Surprise that man on a fixed income by taking him to lunch. Or maybe it's to babysit for that mom under a time crunch. Oh, you just never know how you can touch some weary soul. Teach me to love like that. Tell me what to say to help my neighbor. Maybe it's to fill a need Or plant a seed Or give where there is lack I wanna be like you, Lord Teach me to love like that I don't just wanna see the need But I wanna be there Let me be the answer to someone's prayer To someone's prayer Me to love like that. Maybe I could feel a need, or maybe I could plant a seed, or give where there is lack. I wanna be like you, Lord. Teach me to love like that. Teach me to love. Love like that. Well, I want to tell you one more story of how the Lord is giving me the opportunity to shine my light. I uh, happen to teach songwriting. I write the songs that I sing, and I like to, to mentor and teach and coach other singers and songwriters to use their gifts for the glory of God and to help them jumpstart their ministry or to help them write better songs or to help them uh, get a focus on recording a, an, an album or get their songs on radio. One of, the, one of the most recent assignments that the Lord has given us is launching Babby Mason Radio. If you're out in the lobby, when you pass our, our table out there in the lobby, pick up a postcard. It looks like this. It has all the information concerning Babby Mason Radio on it, and it's 
on the internet. It's called babbymasonradio.com. And you'll hear a lot of Babby Mason music. You'll hear my story. You'll hear my words of encouragement. But you, and you'll hear artists that you know and love. But you'll also hear the, um, the music and the stories of independent artists. So Babby Mason Radio is a platform where the independent artists can, can shine and tell their stories about their love relationship with the Lord. It's just a part of our... A calling that the Lord has placed upon my life, my life assignment to mentor, teach, and train, and, and even give an opportunity for independent artists. And so um, we have a music seminar that we, that we host every year called The Inner Circle. And so I had been invited to attend a meeting hosted by the Atlanta Songwriters Association, and they asked me to come and talk to their songwriters about The Inner Circle. They gave me the address of their meeting place. I put it in the GPS, and my car landed me in the parking lot of a place called Brookshire's Bar. Now, <laughs> I don't sing in a lot of bars. I don't hardly sing in bars at all. I used to when I was trying to jumpstart that music career and find my way to Motown, but the Lord closed that door, and since then, I, I, I just don't. That's not my assignment, to sing in the local bar. But there I was in the parking lot of Brookshire's Bar. I had a couple of friends with me, and I said, I don't know, y'all, should we go inside? And, and um, I said, I, what would the folks think over there at Central uh, Assembly of God if they heard that Babby Mason was singing in the local bar? I'm not quite too sure I need to go in there and do that. Then I said, well, they're expecting me, so I guess I better show up. So we had a quick prayer meeting there in the car, and uh, got out and went inside Brookshire's bar. Got a, a seat kind of close to the door, though, in case something were to come down, we could make a quick exit, you know. And so um, they had a band up on stage that was playing some of their original music. And then the band leaders uh, stopped and said, there's a nice lady in the house. We want her to come down and sing a song for us. Then he called my name. Now, I hadn't um, been told that I would be singing, but as a black Baptist preacher's daughter... Um, being born and raised in a church where they, where daddy would get up and invite sister so-and-so to come up to sing, and we'd never met, never rehearsed. So I was used to being thrown a curveball, and I'm already always prepared. I always have a song in my heart. So when he called my name, I said, hey, that ain't nothing but a thing. We're going to get up and, and, uh, and throw down. We're going to get up, and we're going to throw down. And so they didn't have a keyboard. That didn't bother me either. I said to the band, hey, let's do Amazing Grace, Key of C. So the band backed me up. I sang a few verses of Amazing Grace. When I was finished, somebody in the back of the room shouted, sing another one. All right, let, let's do um, just a closer walk with thee, kind of Louisiana blues style. We sang a few verses of that. When we were done, somebody out shouted, sing how great thou art. Okay, let's sing how great thou art. We sang a little bit of that. Then somebody shouted, sing shout to the Lord. All right, let's sing Shout to the Lord. It was then I realized that Brookshire's bar was filled full of backslidden Christians. Yeah. They knew every word to every song, and they were re re requesting the, the, you know, the old hymns and new Christian songs. They had one hand lifted to Jesus and another hand with a drink in it. And it was like, wow, this is really... This is really cool stuff happening right here. And so we sang for about 35, 40 minutes, just taking requests, and had church right there in Brookshire's Bar. And so when I finished, I went back to my table, and people just came by to express their gratitude for the wonderful time of worship there in Brookshire's Bar. And one young lady said, you know, 
I gave my life to the Lord when I was a young girl, but I've since walked away from my faith. But singing those songs of worship tonight has stirred my heart back up for the Lord. And before our conversation had ended, that young lady bowed her head and rededicated her life to Jesus right there in Brookshire's Bar. Amen. That's right. And then a young man came by the table. He said, how can you sing about Jesus in a place like this? I told him my story, and I shared with him some scriptures from the Word of God. And that young man, before our conversation had ended, he bowed his head and received Christ as Savior right there in Brookshire's Bar. And then a few days later, I began to get a barrage of emails saying, when are you coming back to Brookshire's Bar? I want to remind you again that you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And if you look around, if you're looking at TV and, and TV makes your heart feel hopeless, turn it off and pick up the Bible and be reminded that hope is alive and well because Jesus is alive and well, that you have a future and you have a hope. And it's your assignment in the earth to spread that hope through love by the power of the Holy Spirit. Avail yourself. Just say, God, give me opportunities. Well, you can even do that right now in the quietness of your heart. God, give me opportunities in, today when I go into the restaurant or when I, with my buggy, going through the through the grocery store. When you find somebody who needs something, be that need, fill that need, be Jesus with skin on. Be the hands, be the feet, be the words of Jesus. You don't have to lay hands on them and slay them in the spirit, just love them. Just love them. And nobody can love like Jesus people can love. Because we know the death, because we know how to love. We know how to love. And so I want to encourage you to shine your light in a really dark world. Parking lot of the coffee shop just the other day. She smiled and she said, Well, I really feel the pain, and I felt her pain. I took her hand in mine, said it's gonna work out fine. But as she turned, I wondered, did I just hand her a line? What she needed most was a word of hope and a prayer or two. A little more time and a timely word could have pulled her through. And so I look around today and I see your story. And I wonder, is anybody hurting today? Shine the light, share your faith, show the world that Jesus is the answer, Jesus is the way, together we 
can make a difference. Be a beacon in the dark of night. Share your faith, hold it high, shine the light. Anywhere you go, any country road or city street, any lonely life, a hurting heart, somebody in need, they all ask one thing, where is But if you know Jesus, then you know what to do. Shine the light, share your faith, show the world that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Together we can make a difference. Be a beacon in the dark of night. Share your faith. Shine the light for Jesus. Well, I grew up playing the piano in my daddy's church for many years. And uh, in my daddy's church, we didn't use uh, printed music. Everything was uh, learned and sung by ear, by rote. So I had to learn how to play the piano by ear very quickly. And I had been taking piano lessons, but Bach and Brahm and Beethoven didn't help me out a whole lot in daddy's church because uh, we didn't sing classical music at all. It was all uh, wonderful black gospel music. And so I could only play in one key by ear as a nine-year-old, and that was the key of C. And sometimes the key of C was too high, and sometimes the key of C was too low, and sometimes the key of C was too bad, but they had to sing it in the key of C. <laughs> but they were very, very patient with me, and uh, the Lord allowed that gift to flourish. And um, now today... You know, faith is, is um, a lot like taking lessons. If you play an instrument or you are trying to master a craft or a sport, uh, the walk of faith is much like that. Sometimes you ain't feeling it. Sometimes you got to go in there and just practice, practice, practice. But over time, over time with discipline and with um, application and with learning and taking that step of faith, you become better and more confident 
and then you step out on the stage of life and you practice what you know and you apply what you know and the next thing you know, you've memorized scripture, you have it down in your heart and when you face those challenges, you can walk in what you know, not in what you feel. And that is what the Lord is teaching me. And so um, being from Michigan, I'll go home in a few days to visit family during the Christmas season, back to the house where my parents, um, uh, in the house where my parents bought when we were raised and there in Jackson. And my parents are both in heaven now. My mom passed in the last year and a half. And so both of, uh, we have wonderful deposits in heaven, along with five generations of preachers and pastors. Uh, Well, my oldest brother and his oldest son are still um, pastoring in Lansing, Michigan. But um, I'll practice somewhat of a tradition. I'll go to, um, before there were cassettes, there was the hi-fi system. And um, the hi-fi system is a a big musical appliance that takes up an entire side of the living room wall. And on one end is the record player. And next to the record player is the eight-track tape. And then there's the library where you house all your albums and eight-track tapes. And I will play some of my favorite Christmas music on the hi-fi system, and it still plays beautifully. The uh, fidelity of that warmth of the records as they spin on that turntable and the crackle and the sound on the albums, you know, it's just something cool about that. And I'll play uh, some of my favorite music. And one of the favorite albums that I listen to when I go home is music by the late, great Mahalia Jackson. And she recorded on her Christmas project a beautiful Christmas hymn called Sweet Little Jesus Boy. And it is a, a song written in the vernacular of the old Negro slave in the, of the Deep South. And the words say, Sweet Little Jesus Boy, and we didn't even know who you was. It reminds me, it takes my heart to John chapter 1, where the writer says, And Jesus came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to those who did receive him, he gave the right, hallelujah, to become children of God. Are you a child of God today? Amen. Will you just bask in the beautiful message of this song called Sweet Little Jesus Boy? I thank God I know who he is. But there's a world outside this incubator sanctuary that does not know who he is. And I pray that you'll be motivated, challenged as never before, to go into the world and make a difference.
save us, Lord, to take our sins away. Our eyes was blind, and we could not see. Such a long time ago Well, sweet 
child, sweet little holy child, Jesus, and we didn't even know who you was. Amen. I'm going to close with two more songs. I don't want to belabor the time, but I do want to sing one very special song that came as a result of discovering a passage of truth that has literally altered the course of my life. I'm going to sing that song and then one more. So just bear with me because I believe that the message is so imperatively important to encourage your heart. And, uh, you know, I can look at you and you look like you have it all together, but I can just imagine that there's somebody here today who who needs a word of encouragement. And I think that's what I do best. So um, one Sunday morning, my husband and I were in church and the pastor said, turn to your neighbor and say to your neighbor, I am God's favorite. Will you just do that? Just turn to somebody and say, I'm God's favorite. That's right, I'm God's favorite. And I thought that was fun, and so my husband and I exchanged those words. And much like that, there was some, some banter and some laughter as we exchanged those words. But that phrase, I'm God's favorite, just wouldn't, it wouldn't leave me. And as a writer and as a person who I love words, I began to ponder that thought and what that might mean. So in the following days, I went to my Bible and I began to look for passages that could really underscore what that would mean. And I came upon a passage in John chapter 17. John chapter 17 is a red letter passage. Entirely, the, the entire passage, except for a few introductory words at the head of the chapter, the whole chapter is written in red, meaning these are the beautiful words of Jesus. It is a prayer that Jesus prays for his disciples. Verse 20 reveals not only was he pl praying for his disciples, but he was praying also for those who would believe the message of the disciples. So in other words, over 2,000 years ago, as Jesus was facing the cross, he was praying for you. Will you just allow that truth to sink in your heart that long before you were born, you were on the heart and the mind of Jesus? At the most critical hour of his life, as he was about to complete his mission, nearing the end of his earthly ministry, he was focusing on you. He was praying for you. And he was praying that you would know this. And this is the passage that has literally altered the course, the trajectory of my life. Jesus says this in verse 23 of the 17th chapter. He says to the Father, I am in them, and you are in me. May they be completely one. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you love them just as much as you love me. And when I read those words, I've known all my life that God loves me. I know that. But when I read that Jesus prays that I would know that God loves me just as much as he loves him, now that was news. It was news 
that God loves me just as much. I've always known that God loves me, but, I, but that tells me how much he loves me. He loves me and he loves you just as much as he loves his son. And here's the beauty of that truth, is that it's not contingent upon your behavior. It's not contingent upon Babby Mason being a good church girl, or you coming to church, or being on the worship team, or teaching Sunday school, or reading your Bible, or praying enough, or paying enough. It has nothing to do with your behavior or how much you can give. It has everything to do with what God gave to you through his son, Jesus Christ. It has everything to do with what Jesus did for you at Calvary. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works, so that no man can boast. You see, the first gift was given to you by God through Jesus. Jesus was the first gift to you. So God started this gift exchange thing. It's not about the, it's not about the gift that's under the tree. It's about the gift that was on a tree. Wow, somebody write that down. That was good. <laughs> brother Adam, there might, be, there might be some song lyrics in that, brother, brother friend. Will you remember that today? And so those of you that, have, that are tripping up on, does God love me? Let's just clear the matter right now. Not only does he love you, he loves you just as much as he loves his son. And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus. So you can open up your hands, you can open up your heart, take yourself off the hook, and receive wholeheartedly, without shame, without guilt, without having to measure up. Jesus already did the hard work. So you can just say thank you and live a life that pleases him. And so out of that, boy, that was good. Man, that was good. Was that good to anybody but me? And so out of that revelation, out of revelation, God always gives me songs. And out of revelation, that's where your gift is stirred up. So that's why it's so important that we stay in God's word so that we can keep that exchange, that gift exchange. He gives to you so you can give to somebody else and give back to God. And he gives you some more so you can give it away. You're not here on the earth just to be a consumer. You're not in the earth just to be a consumer, just to be a taker. You're in the world to be a giver. Let me sing this song and we'll press on.
my shattered heart I place here at your feet safe inside of your arms no hurt can dare erase the touch of your embrace this place where mercy flows Well, thank you so very much for the joy of being with you today. You've been such a wonderful, wonderful audience. I want to read one more passage of scripture and then close with this final song. The Lord gave me back in the mid-80s, but because these songs are written on the truth of God's word, then they're timeless. Because heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will stand forever. So listen to the book of the Revelation, the seventh chapter beginning at the ninth verse. After these things, I looked, and there me, before me was a great crowd that no one could number, 
of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues. And they stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell down before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. All rise as we worship the Messiah. All rise. was a holy hush all over as I walked into the room and I stood before him face to face I was gloriously made new there was a great and awesome presence and a light as bright as day as I bowed to kneel with the angels I heard the Spirit say all rise, all rise We stand before the throne In the presence of the Holy One All rise, all rise As we worship the Messiah All looked at those all around me with their hands uplifted high and the spirit laid his hands on me and I uplifted mine we were singing hallelujahs and praises to his name as I bowed to kneel with the angels I heard the spirit
Why don't we just give the Lord one more offering of praise for Babby today? Hey, did you hear her message? I mean, did you hear it? She didn't come here talking about the size crowds that she gathers for concerts or where she's traveled or how many awards she's won, right? She shared something that you and I can do. She shared about what you can do at a bar, at Sam's Club, at Shop and Save, Walmart, Giant Eagle, wherever. It's significant that we have somebody that has so many accomplishments in her life but still walks in humility to say, we've been empowered to do this. You know, what I got from that is this. He trusts us. Right? He trusts us. Jesus came and said, I'm the light of the world. And before he left, he says, you're the light of the world. So he obviously trusts you and I to be the light of the world until he returns. He trusts you. That's good. Let it be just an encouragement to you that you are the light of the world. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you are, if you feel bound by something, if you feel like darkness is around you, then be encouraged by the second half of her message, right? That the light of the world still wants to shine in the midst of your darkness. He wants to show up in grace and love and power today before you even leave. So when we close in prayer today, we're gonna have our altar team come forward. If you're not right with God, or if you feel like there's darkness around you in any area of your life, with a relationship, with an illness, sickness, whatever it is, I want you to come forward and receive prayer. Let the light of God come and invade your life. Don't come into Christmas Day feeling like darkness is around you. Amen? Amen. Father, we do just thank you for being the light of the world. We thank you, Jesus, for coming into our lives as Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you that you have empowered us by your Spirit to go to every place that you sent us and just simply be the light through the love of God. And Father, we pray now, even as people have darkness surrounding them, God, that your light will invade them through the name of Jesus and there will be lives changed, there will be bodies healed, there will be people set free before we even leave today. Father, we pray that you'd continue to increase your blessing upon Babby and Charles in all that you are calling them to do, from their family all the way through their ministry. We just pray for an increase of your anointing and blessing upon their lives. And we ask that you'd bless each one of us as we go tonight. Father, just have your way in that women's gala tonight. Do everything that you've ever intended to do and accomplish it in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.